It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. My guest today is winemaker Paul Draper. Paul received an undergraduate degree in philosophy from Stanford University and then spent two years in northern Italy. He studied for a year at the Sorbonne and then traveled extensively in France. In the mid-60s, he set up a small winery on the coast range of Chile, producing Cabernet Sauvignon. He joined Ridge in 1969 and is known for his crafting of fine Cabernets and Chardonnays from the Montebello estate, and as a pioneer in the production of long-lived, complex Zinfandels. Hello, Paul. How are you? Amy, I'm just fine. Well, you know, actually, there's another big claim to fame, that movie that recently came out called Bottle Shock, and it all has to do with that amazing tasting in 1976, was it? That's correct. And tell us a little bit about the tasting that sort of set the wine world on its ear. Well, um, it was intended as a bicentennial celebration in Paris by a young Englishman who was had a wine store and was running a wine school. And most of his students were Americans working for the diplomatic services and uh, for businesses in Paris, as well as some uh, English um, uh, people working in their companies there. And he decided that it would be great to have a celebration for the American Bicentennial. Uh, Started off by picking um, six of the top producers in that time, that is the early 1970s, from California and came over here and, unlike the movie Bottle Shock, did not ask for people to submit bottles for him to choose. He already knew what he was going to get, and he simply went quietly to the wineries and uh, got got the bottles he needed. Um, He then decided that to really make it effective, once he had some very good French tasters who were both producers, oh, top sommeliers, and food writers as well, the the, uh, number of them. And um, once he had that panel, he said, well, they're not going to be able to put California wines in context unless I include some Bordeaux. And so he picked four Bordeaux chateaus of some of the most excellent of of the class growths and put them in with the six California Cabernets. You know, a July day in in the heart of Paris in the Madeleine area, and uh, I, uh, as I understand, they were pretty much standing, which a lot of French tasters do, but I certainly don't. And uh, they may have been in the patio, so it wasn't as exactly ideal conditions. And the French tasters were so convinced that they would spot the uh, the American wines as something not very interesting that. There was a lot of, of talk, and people were very open about saying, oh, well, here we go, this is clearly French, and, and uh, that's not. And, of course, uh, the results that came out of it, blind, were that um, some of the California wines were more appealing uh, instantly than, than the French wines. And uh, so that was the, the initial result. And there were comments from the French that, well, that's all very well that these were appealing as young wines, but they're going to fade in a very short time. And so, hence this repeat 30 years later uh, to see just how, how they had fared. And um, much to the surprise of, of a number of people, um, uh, a number of the California wines, and in our, in our case, the 71 Montebello, 
which was then by then 35 years old, yeah. came in first place both in the London, uh, where they had the top European tasters, uh, and here in California, it came in first by 18 points over the second, wow. uh, second, third, and fourth line. So, of course, we were delighted, and we, you know, um, uh, you know, it was. I won't say it was no surprise, but we knew that the wine was still showing beautifully and that it had a shot at, at being, you know, in the top ranks. But, but even we were surprised when it came in uh, so far ahead of the competition. I think that's so great, and I can only imagine, because you must have gone into it at least the first time as such the underdog. But to come out on top not once but twice is such, I think, a sweet victory. And it sounds like you said that the movie, they took a few liberties with it oh, to, yes. to give it a little Hollywood. But it's a great yeah, film if you haven't seen Bottle Shock. It's a lot of fun, Shock. and the photography is beautiful. Um, it's, as, as most people in the industry here would tell you, well, it's about 75% fabrication and 20, <laughs> 25% facts. The characters are uh, very different, and you know their personalities are different, and uh, the locations gonna, are, gonna, you know, but it is fun. It did seem like it was all a bunch of free-spirited wine winemakers in those days. Oh, yes. Well, it, it was that. I mean, you know, we were all, we were all dead serious in the, in the fact that we were, we were struggling. I mean, it was, uh, we, we had put our, our houses, in my case, and, and I know a number of others and my partners, had put our houses up uh, on the bank loan as collateral. And so it was, no, it was no joke of what we were trying to do. But um, it certainly was very free-spirited. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with winemaker Paul Draper of Ridge Winery. And Paul, was there a defining moment in your life that you knew wine was in your blood and it would be your life calling? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I grew up on a farm in the Midwest, and um, nothing, we, of course, obviously didn't know these days, did not consider growing grapes. We couldn't have, and I don't think we could today. But um, I, I think it really came in high school when I had a friend uh, who was had been born in this country, but his parents were Swiss. And um, here I was reading, you know, all the novelists, both European and American, from you know Hemingway and Huxley and on to the Europeans. And and wine was part of sort of daily life and in, in these novels. And and uh, uh, when I went to visit this friend and spent a lot of my vacations with him and with his family, we had wine for lunch and dinner. And God, I thought it was the most wonderful compliment to food. Uh, I thought it was it was what life was all about. In my family, we only had wine on special occasions, and so here was this uh, this, this beverage I've been reading all about. And I think just as a romantic, I I fell in love with the idea uh, right then in high school, and then came on out here to Stanford, where of course California they're actually making wine. So I started tasting and started getting out probably once a week. I think I was still underage and ordering <laughs> wine in the local, you know, French and uh, restaurants and so on and, and um, learning all I could. But I think, I think the defining moment was back there in, in high school and just that idea of, 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 of wine as a part of daily life. It's funny how many people who become very successful in their field can tell you that it was a very young age they knew where their passion was. For consumers who are just starting, you know, people want to learn more about wine. How do you suggest that they, first of all, understand and pick up all the nuances that wine contains? And secondly, weed through 
all of the choices. But, you know, I, I really think the best way is this. I mean, let's put it this way. <clears throat> you don't let anyone tell you how you like your eggs cooked in the morning or how you like your steak cooked. And yet, all too many people will let one person's palate, in terms of a critic, tell them what wine they should like. They have their own taste, and I know they, a lot of people don't believe this, but all you'd have to do, and this is what I would recommend, is you go to uh, a wine merchant, that is, somebody in, in your city or near, wherever uh, is the nearest location that, that has a, not a huge warehouse store, because then they usually don't have the people to, to really advise you, and say to them, um, you know, I want, uh, whether it's red wine or white, uh, and you can decide you want to start with one or the other, and say, um, I would like two bottles of red wine that you would recommend, and I'd like them to be in the same price range, uh, and I'd like them to be from possibly different countries, but say different varietals, but two wines that you think are, are good, and, and let's start with something that's really reasonably priced, and take those two bottles home and have somebody uh, put a brown bag around them or whatever, mix them up, and uh, pour two glasses, just small glasses for you. Ah, good, good glasses without big, thick rims and reasonable size. That's the other thing. The glass, believe it or not, is important. Yes, I a agree. Jelly, a jelly glass, you know, or a tumbler will not work. So, I mean, yes, you can drink it, but it will not let you see what's there. And you take those two glasses and uh, try them. And I don't care how inexperienced or totally inexperienced you are, you will be able to say, I prefer this one. And there's no right or wrong. As I say, they're the same price. They're two different wines. They're two different varieties. And with that, with that you really, and if you repeat that, you'll really realize that you do know what you like and that you can tell the difference in, in, in what you like. And, and that's what you should continue with rather than reading the critics and, and, and worrying about what they say is because is, you're trying to please yourself. Yeah. It's, it's food. It's a compliment to food. It's not something where you drink something that somebody else tells you you're supposed to like. You drink something you do like. And I, I think that's the way to begin. Well, there's nothing more disarming than when someone is a, an expert in something and is so down to earth about it. And Paul Draper, I appreciate your very approachable chat with us about Ridge Wine and wines in general today. And I'll put all the information about Paul Draper on amystable.com. Paul, thank you very much. Well, Amy, thanks so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q. You want to